Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz drummer Nasheet Waits. We caught up with him to discuss his inclusion in a set of shows for the Max Roach Centennial Celebrations via the New Jersey Performing Arts Center on January 26th, 2024 for Max's Freedom Now Suite. He will be joined by a stellar lineup of talent like vocalist Cassandra Wilson, poets Sonia Sanchez and Saul Williams, along with saxophonist Robbie Coltrane, bassist Eric Rivas and pianist Naduzo Makatini. Through his late father and percussionist, Freddie Waits, Nasheed had a powerful relationship with Max Roach. We get into the show, what the elders have taught him, his storied history, the state of jazz today, and so much more. Enjoy. Mr. Waits, how are you today? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm excellent. It's great to meet you. I appreciate you yes. taking time out. Oh, no, my pleasure. It's an honor. I've, I've had you on the show many times, so it's great to meet you and, and, uh, and, and to talk about this brand new project with Max Roach. Um, and, yes. and before we get to that point, I know that, you know, living through this pandemic was quite a thing for musicians. How did you make it through this last three and a half years or so? And how did it change you? Well, the last three and a half years, you know, it seems like almost, I won't say back to normal, but I'd say the last year and a half, I've probably been working comparable to before the pandemic so for me it, it felt like like a solid though two years of of kind of inactivity as far as touring and so forth yeah so i mean so during that time you know i, I got a chance to spend a lot of time with the family <laughs> you know the young one i have a young young son 11 years old now but then he was like seven so you know a lot a lot of in i was the uh i, I went from touring musician to uh like really poor substitute teacher, you know, the substitute teacher that gets abused by all the students. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> online, online version. Like, it was all virtual. So, you know, everybody was adapting to that, him and his teachers and, and me as well. So I, so I, I, so I started actually teaching at NEC during the pandemic as well. So that, that was a, a major shift for myself. So I started out virtual, but now I've been up at Boston too so that'll almost be that'll be three years now you know the one thing too is is that you know musicians travel so much that time period was there a level of relief when it happened in the beginning where you got to kind of slow down you, you know i have to say you know there was so much going on <laughs> you know in my life and like you said that is such a uh, a large part of, of my life that it was probably more uh shocking <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know really it was kind of like okay wait a minute and then you were just in it so it was almost like yeah that was it, it, it seemed like the other the other um like the more human elements and concerns were were even even more pronounced at yeah. least in, in, in terms of my uh attention you know, and since you have young people there, it was like the safety and what was going on because it really just, it was like straight emergency. It seemed like, you know, and I live in New York City, so it seemed like, you know, it went from like hustle and bustle of, you know, New York City to absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the people like trying to like hustle for toilet paper on the street, like, yo, where'd you get that toilet paper, man? Where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh -huh. know, it was insane. So it was like that apocalyptic feeling just kind of like had it. It was like, yeah, it affected the professional, of course, and everything, but it just felt like it was such a universal problem. It wasn't just me. Of course, everybody felt like that. I did too, but it was also just like, 
you know, looking at your calendar, being like, yeah, I'd be in Greece right now. Yeah, it would have been nice. I would have uh -huh. been in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, every time you, but you know, but then after a while, you kind of, you kind of got over it. It kind of just dealt, like, because I said it was so uh, prominent and, and present. You know, I lived in New York City, so the people outside were out there banging the cans, you know, the, the emergency work. I mean, it was pretty, it was really intense. Really, yeah. really intense. Really, yeah. very intense. You know? Well, every now and then you would call and you, and you, and you kind of get that feeling. You're like, this is wild. Now I'm just in the grocery store, like walking around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're just I know. It, yeah. it, it, it sometimes I feel like we, we survived a rapture. Like all of us are kind of left behind. We're trying to figure out what's going on. There's a level of human bonding and dignity that has been kind of solidified to me because we all have lived through this. And it wasn't like a regional thing. The entire globe went through this, man. Right. So we all right. had to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I, I hope, I hope, I'm glad that's a very optimistic way to look at it. I hope it did bond everybody uh, closer to, to each other because it definitely was a universal experience yeah for sure well and the good thing now is now that we're on the other side of it you you have this celebration of max roach talk to me a little bit about this project it sounds fascinating i mean the freedom now suite was so it, it to this day it's it the reverberations of its impact are huge you know not only in jazz but overall so what does it mean to be a part of this project oh well, it means a, a great amount i mean max roach was not only a luminary in our uh, in the world of, of music, but also um, in the world of politics as well. He was a serious activist. He used the sticks and, the, and his voice on the stage and whatnot to uh, address a lot of uh, inequity in, in our, in our uh, world. You know, so he wasn't just focused on, on, on America and his personal experience. Uh, he, he was also looking out uh, for the other areas of the world. And this, this piece speaks to that because there's a, a large part of it where he's acknowledging the um, struggles that were occurring in South Africa at that particular time. The work was originally created in 1960 as a um, commissioned piece by the NAACP to commemorate the 100th year of the Emancipation Proclamation. So that's, so that's what uh, gave, gave birth to the piece. And, and uh, a theme of the piece is kind of asking that question, like, have, have we achieved all the... Uh, um, the uh have we have we achieved the goals of the proclamation <laughs> yeah you know as, as a society yeah so um so when it was originally done with him and um him being max and uh Abby lincoln and ola tunji um there was a, a flavor of uh, internationalism involved in it to represent the the very thing that we're talking about the fact that we are linked in these struggles we're, and we're, we're all not only in the struggle but just in our humanity so there was Ray Mantia, there was Potato, you know, Ray Mantia, Puerto Rico, Potato, Cuba, um, Olatunji, West Africa, Senegal, um, you know, um, so we, we're bringing all these elements together. We're going to do the same thing in this reimagination of the piece where we have Cassandra Wilson leading the cast, you know, of that's U.S. born. We also have the Duzo Macatini from South Africa. We have Melvin Santo playing uh, Bata and, and doing some singing and percussion. She's Cuba. Um, Zafir Tawil is from Palestine. He's a percussionist. Um, uh, Kwaku Sumbri is from, from DC. He, he represents South Africa because he has roots in Ghana. His father's from Ghana. Um, you know, and then, and then we have myself who's from, uh, the States, but you know, our history goes back. You know how we are in the States. And then we have, um, 
Luis Bonilla, who I believe is uh, Ecuadorian. So we're trying to we're trying to uh, engage that same spirit to to recreate uh, the work, and also Allison Shots is doing the um, video, yeah. the, the videography for for the piece, and she's she's U.S. as well. You know, Max was such a huge influence in so many ways on so many people. When you were coming up, when you were getting into this jazz world, who who were big influences for you? Who really shaped the way that you went about your work and what you've become? Well, you, you know, it was never really a, a jazz world, really. I, you know, that, that, that terminology has in recent history has been, is being kind of dissected, but it was being, it, it was being um, addressed by uh, my father, who was the first person who, who would have influenced me with my father, uh, Frederick Waits, Frederick, Douglas, Frederick Douglass Waits. <laughs> But Freddie Waits, by, by people who knew him uh, mostly through his through his work with people like Ella Fitzgerald and Freddie Hubbard and uh, and Umbu, Max Roach and so forth. Max, uh, the lessons I learned from them were that the music is is liberating and you can have a blast doing it, but you also have a cultural responsibility if you're going to make this a career yeah so and, and i was fortunate and michael carvin was also uh very uh, you know four four people really for me max uh, my father of course is number one always father max michael carvin was a drummer that i'm the only drummer i really studied drums with and dr fred king who was also a percussionist who was in boom boom um, the percussion ensemble that Max led that had my father and Joe Chambers and Roy Brooks and his other great Warren Smith and his other great um, percussionists, Omar Clay. Uh, he was an incredible uh, master percussionist who um, was who met my father and Max down in Puerto Rico when he was working with Pablo Casal in his in his orchestra. And then he when he returned uh, to New York, he he joined Umu uh, on a, on a full time basis, a regular basis. So those four people really informed me about all the all the uh, all the joy and responsibility that you that you can have uh, in dealing with the music. You know, the one thing about this retrospective on Max Roach is that, you know, he put this out during a pretty heavy time. I mean, nineteen sixty really ushered in a whole decade that changed things, and we've lived through quite a bit of heavy lately too. What does it mean to kind of marriage and meet these worlds together and to do it in the modern era? Because we're looking at the evolution of jazz and we're looking at this evolution, or some people might say the de-evolution of politics that have happened in America, but, <laughs> right? right? So how right. do you see these worlds coming together now as you artistically encapsulate such an important notion, but put a modern spin on it? Well, you know, like they say, nothing's new. I, I feel like, and, and to kind of reiterate the point that you were talking about, or um, the the same questions that were being um, asked when the piece was initially created in 1960 are the same questions that are being asked now. <laughs> unfortunately, right. unfortunately, right. you know. So you know the the times have changed. Now everybody has the phone in their hand. I'm talking to you to Zoom, yeah. but these same we're still dealing with the same problems. Unfortunately, as a as a as a as a human species, you know we can't seem to get it together. As far as the the uh, the ability for everybody to truly be able to uh, try and pursue a healthy and happy and happy life, it shouldn't be that deep. But the greed 
and and this power trip that uh, seems to be that most leaders have. Um, it's in the misinformation. I mean, we we could we could we could we could get sidetracked with all that for, yeah. for, for forever. But it's it's um, it, the time the times. Even though we're we're in new time, the same um, problem still exists. Yeah. Same same problems still exist as, as we can see, as we've seen. You know, the, the same, the same. They, they, you know, clothed in different clothing, but but at the root, the same, the same issue. It seemed like there was a time there, though, where we did evolve to a better place. Maybe around the second term that Obama had, it seemed like there was a lot of ills that we were getting away from. It seemed like there was genuine evolution, and then all of a sudden, that rock was thrown into the bottom of the pond, and it just got mucked in the murkiness, man. Yeah, well, yeah, I felt the same way, and I and I know I've I've thought about this a lot myself, um, especially during these last eight years, and it seemed like that too. I remember when Obama got elected, and just the feeling because I never thought that a black man would become president just because of the type of uh, prejudices that I've personally experienced throughout the. I was like, "There's no way," and knowing that we're the minority in terms of the population speaking, I was like, "I don't know if people can let go." of yeah. that of the of those types of feelings you know of, of, and they did and i was like this is and so i felt the same way but what you know what else occurred from what i understand is in reaction to that positivity what right. was, was the negativity like the negative then you saw the tea party thing and whatnot that kind of come to the focus and like really get and they got uh very they had a they had a, a plan and, and schedule, and then we're gonna we're gonna attack the um, these lower courts and, and change laws and get the gerrymandering, get get these uh, voting districts changed in order to be able to control, um, and and, and have power, yeah. Over over you know, and, and basically you know, and basically make sure that the people who have the money kept the money and kept the power. <laughs> we ain't going to distribute this. Um, that's that's it, it. Seems to be that that's what's happening. Yeah, you know, and and it's and it's unfortunate, but it's the it's the same thing. It's the same thing that was happening, you know. As you said, that the majority of, of of folks are are, um, are they're struggling. You know, there's a large there's a large portion of the communities in it's in it's worldwide that are that are struggling. Yeah, to be able to to just to just uh, have a have a healthy safe life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So speaking of your career, you've always stayed on the forefront. You've always evolved. What has been the key for you? What has been your motivator? What has been your kind of opera mundi to like continue in this craft and be as relevant as you've been for all these years? I know I've been fortunate in that regard to 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 be surrounded by like minded and incredible uh, musicians. It's never done on an island. It's um, I feel that I'm a part of a of a very vibrant uh, community. Of, of musicians that are consistently, um, you know, challenging themselves and, and reaching into different areas and, and different vastness, but putting, you know, assembling new new pieces uh, and coming at the music in, in different ways. So it, it's 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 not only myself; it's everybody that I've had the opportunity to work with is, is like so so incredibly creative. You know, from Jason Moran to and then from when I got and, and then from my from the beginning, you know, from went with uh with Max and with you know, I was around Max when he was doing work and developing projects for uh I remember when he was kind of um producing a tribute to Miles Davis and he I, I remember him 
conversing with Maya Angelou. And they had, to, you know, so I've, I've seen these. I remember him working with Cecil Taylor in Town Hall. I remember him talking about lighting and staging. We did the, the, one of my first kind of on the road gigs. We were playing with, uh, he was actually working with the Sacred Drums tour. So it was a large tour that, that was um, talking about the drums and the, and the, um, in the northern and southern hemisphere. So it was talking about, um, you know, drum set, but then it was also talking, Tito Quinte was on at the top, you know, Mario Bowser was when I had an opportunity to play with Mario Bowser, um, that was Native American drummer. So, I mean, and I saw him, I saw the way that he directed it and put it together. So, I mean, I've been around that type of, you know, working with Antoine Roney and his wife, Nia Love, who's a choreographer and dancer. So I've been in, in, in around these people my, my whole life. It's, it's, and it seems natural. You know, to 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 fuse different elements together, and it's all a part of the same uh, part of the, part of the same fabric. You know, just bring all these different colors, creating that fabric, different textures. Yeah, well, you're you're considered you know a, a veteran now, and you teach the next generation. But what did all of these legends and luminaries that you've been around? What did they teach you and give you that you in turn are teaching to the next generation? You, they were they were really masterful in motivating you to be an independent thinker. So in referencing things from the past and, and the roots and the foundation, you also, it was also your responsibility to develop your personal connection to the, to the source. So it wasn't just enough to to uh to recreate in fact it, it was it was recreate being a recreationist was frowned upon it was about being able to develop something special and special being like being honest was really what it was about it was like you have to get in tune with your personal connection to that source and surrender to that so that you can express all the love and, and get in touch with everybody in an honest way not like you're trying to sound like this person, it sound like that person. So whenever I, I especially around Max and my father and asking specific questions, the, the answers I got were very esoteric. Like it, it was never like a specific answer. It was more, it was like an answer in, in parable. <laughs> you know, like talking to Andrew Hill, I wrote Andrew Hill for years. It was the same with him. You never, it, and it was always unexpected. It was always like, what? You know, but then you circle back Yep. You know, 10 years later, and you're like, oh, and, and those answers are revealed. So to, to being around these people was like being around a, a griot, you know, in the true sense of the world. And that's what the music is. It's not, even though we teach now in the, you know, conservatories and university settings and so forth, um, it's it's really a, a very a mystical quality that's in the music that all you can do is try to assist people in being able to access that. You can't do it for them. You can't really give them that information. You can kind of open some doors for them, kind of give them the key so they can open the door. Let me, let me use that metaphor to yeah. try to uh, communicate the process. So it's like you can give bits of information, but you won't be able to to uh, to really uh, to, to get the gifts unless you put in the work. That was the other thing too. Right. They were like, I think you're mistaken. Like sometimes you answer questions and you think that the answer is going to be something that is going to, you know, uh, shortcut some of the work. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You have to, this, this, take, this is going to take a minute. 
<laughs> like the rest of your life a minute. <laughs> so yeah. if you're really um, trying to dedicate yourself to that, then settle in. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, that was, that was the message. It, it was, it was, but it was always with love though. If they, if they took the time out to, to, uh, to tell you something or to bring you along, I spent so much time with Dr. King and Mac and Michael Carvin, my father, of course, but those three gentlemen after my father passed away and, and they really took the time to inform me that that was the way that you want to to be able to discover um your 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 path yeah you know the one thing is is that you know all of these elders ignited a fire in you to create this music and you're doing the same thing so i'm curious with the suite with max's suite there's an artistic depth but there's also a hope that goes into it what's your hope for this next generation as we watch this art form evolve how hopeful are you? What What do you see happening in 2024? You know, I, I'd like to see, uh, my hope is is that we are getting closer to what you were talking about, the closer to understanding that we as a people, and when I say as a people, I mean as people on the planet are more similar than dissimilar. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the fact that we share these similarities, we should honor and respect them and with the highest regard, meaning like you respect the stranger in the street the way you respect your brother. You know, now, of course, there's humor and there's always disagreements. Nobody uh, agrees about everything, but there has to be a civility yeah. <laughs> in the dis- in the disagreement. If we could, yeah. if we could, if we could if function like that, that would be incredible. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As yeah. a, as a, as a humanity, but yeah. uh, we're, we're not there. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal. So every time I'm, I'm uh, behind the instrument or, or in, in a lecture or in the classroom or whatever. That's the ultimate goal is to be able to to facilitate that through myself and, and through my relationships with people. Yeah, you know, and those relationships are created. You know, on the bandstand with, with the information that you give them from that from that supreme source, and you're letting the people hear it, and and and, and hopefully they are uh, open enough to to receive it, and it can uh, affect them in a positive way. So speaking of positivity, tell everybody, if you don't mind, the the specifics about the show and how they can get involved and, you know, all that good stuff. Well, it's being performed January 26th at NJ Pack uh, in Newark, the Music Performing Arts Center. And um, the suite is going to be reimagined through the, uh, through the voices and talents of uh, Cassandra Wilson. Um, Sonia Sanchez will be will be joining us. Um, the incredible poet Saul Williams, the incredible uh, spoken word and poet, will be joining us. Robbie Coltrane will be playing. He'll be playing the part of Coleman Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, Duduzu Makatini will be playing piano and, um, and sounds and synth. Uh, Eric Rivas will be playing bass. Um, we will have Melvis Santa. Uh, playing uh, percussion, bata, and, and percussion. Zafir Tawil will be playing uh, percussion as well. And Kwaku Sumbri will also be playing percussion. And Allison Shots on, on, uh, with the videography, as I said. And uh, the performance will, will, will be, in large part, a reimagination of the Freedom Now suite. 
um, and it will also commemorate the 100th year of Max Roach's birth. <laughs> so his birthday is, is coming up soon. It was either, when I spoke to Max, he said it was either January 8th, 9th, or 10th. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, so, so he, um, so this is this concert is is in is in tribute to him. Yeah. So, so there will be some aspect of 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 that tribute and honor uh, to him specifically. I mean, Sonia um, had a very close and personal relationship with Max. Uh, I I did too. My father did too. He was very instrumental in me, you know, achieving whatever I have achieved and becoming the person that I have become uh, off the bandstand as well. I, I, he's like a member of the family. I went to school with his with his twin daughters. We're like sisters. So, um, you know, uh, really a family a, a type affair for me. And I'm, and I'm honored that they asked me. Uh, David Rodriguez uh, was uh, recommended to, uh, to him by Christian. They brought a big shout out to Christian. <laughs> for, 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 uh, for giving me for, uh, for, for uh, recommending me to uh, David Rodriguez at, at NJ Pack, and uh, we're going to be performing it on that day and that evening. It's going to be incredibly wonderful. Um, I hope that all can enjoy and join us in in this experience. So as we kind of turn the page into a brand new year, anything else that's going on in your world as this year begins and unfolds? Um, yeah, there's always there's always things in, in, in motion. I know I have a recording coming out in a couple of months with the uh, quartet with myself and Mark Turner, uh, Turner and Steve Nelson on vibraphone and Rashawn Carter bass. And that'll be released in a, in a few months on the Giant Step Arts. Um, we'll be doing some uh, some work with Jason Moran and the bandwagon this, this summer, um, and maybe some other things in the fall. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, there's always things in motion, but those are the, those are the most. My, my I'm focusing on this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, this this is this is my primary focus for the next three and a half weeks until, until this comes into fruition. I'm so excited and uh, and I have and a lot of moving pieces to uh, to get in to get in place. Yes, sir. It'll be a stellar show. Man, this is wonderful. It's been an honor. Thank you, sir, for taking time out today. Have a Thank great you. show. Best of luck with everything. Most of Thank you for, for having me. I appreciate it. And um, have, a, have a happy new year. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Chess interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Nasheed for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.